Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Pin the Champ. It is uh, finally time. It's WrestleMania time, guys. Whoa, whoa. Two nights, WrestleMania. Right? Yeah, exactly. We're not talking about WrestleMania from 2021, though. We're talking oh. about it's WrestleMania time way back in 1993. Um, what were you old fucks doing in 93? I was 13, so nothing. I, was in my, I locked myself in the bathroom a lot. <laughs> sweet um so today we're going to be reviewing wrestlemania 9 uh but before that i want to just uh, give a quick reminder that we're available to listen uh to on apple spotify google amazon music pandora podbean and youtube so guys uh since this is going to be a wrestlemania 9 focus show today um, we're not going to do too much of what's been going on in the news, but we definitely would be remiss not to at least go over a couple of obvious things that we should touch on. Um, first of all, being, of course, a uh, biggest thing that's happened in wrestling for a long while, uh, the return of CM Punk. How you guys feel about that? Excited. Super excited. What a great return to the crowd really they were before the show even started before he walked out it was just going crazy it was an insane crowd the live crowd made that moment even more um yeah special, i bet honestly if if it, it, like i'm glad i hope i hope you know it was all safe and everything but i'm really really glad that had a live crowd because yeah like could you have imagined that without a live crowd it would have not been the same it would have been the same no yeah but, i mean and, and I'm not a huge, you know, like Punk was a few years after I stopped wrestling and before I started wrestling, watching again. I said wrestling, but I meant watching. Um, so I don't have that, you know, like like the same connection, but at the same time, right. like anybody can recognize, you know, somebody who is so important to the the sport and the effect you know like that that one guy who was you know just kind of tearing up and crying a little yeah. bit mm -hmm. they yeah. got a lot and of attention from the what, like, internet community and a lot of yeah. attention from wrestlers themselves being like that guy gets it you know he's the reason why we're doing what we're doing yeah i was gonna say um i think i think they got him tickets to both aew shows and TN, uh, tna shows yeah I because saw of that about that yeah that's really um, nice that's because awesome. people were people were giving him shit, and it's just like, were, like yeah. oh, you're crying over. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you cry at your at whatever entertainment you watch? Like, yeah, exactly. oh, I'm sorry. Like, like, oh, oh, do, do you not have, like do you not go to a play and see something so well done and so that you're inspired, that makes you, right? You know, like, right, like, right. Off, it's the same thing. Like it's theater, it's the same thing. You can. You know, people watch a sad movie, they cry. And exactly. When people like, oh, man, when Game of Thrones right. ended, I teared up. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. that show was trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck I Game mean, it was, uh, it was a really, 
it was a really, really good weekend for pro wrestling. I mean, you, you just kind of look at the news and you saw that wrestling was in like the mainstream media. They were talking right. a lot about it. Um, so, trending. I mean, yeah, it was trending a lot. Um, it got everybody talking. Most everybody felt really positively about it. I, I heard that like around the, you know, uh, internet that like Jim Cornette, you know, was very into it. You know, he, he yeah. even liked it. And he's, you know, one of those people that's going to tell you straight. Well, yeah, I was going to say he, yeah. Cornette was, I listened to Cornette. And he even said like, he was like, oh, Punk will work the marks. He will like, he could make this one of the best things in the world. And I would love, I mean, again, like I know he's a very controversial figure, but I would love to see him come out and like manage somebody that hate that worked at a in, in AEW. I would love to see that. Right. Yeah, it was definitely a triumphant return. Um, I appreciate the announcer not talking over, um, you know, that segment too. They really gave Punk, uh, you know, a chance to just take it all in from the crowd. They, it was very minimal um, talking from the uh, three announcers that, gotcha. they during kinda, that segment. Kind of yeah. gave him the stick, you know, and just mm-hmm. let him kind of talk through it. Um, and then I, I definitely read some of the other side of the coin. I don't know if you guys heard about like what Booker T was, was talking about how he, he kind of criticized punk uh, for saying like he messed up by talking about the competition. He's like, if I had, you know, that crowd in the palm of my hands, the last thing I would want to do is talk about WWE. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at that other side of the coin or whatever the case. Yeah, I didn't, read didn't Booker, Booker T, T like trash WWE when he was in TNA. <laughs> Potentially. I, I, I don't know yeah. that, but very so like, like it's, that's bullshit. Like it's, 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 it's show shit. Like miss me oh, yeah. with that show he's, shit. He's he's, play, he's telling the company line, right? Now. Right. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say he's, like he's he's, he's as bad as Bruce Bruce Pritchard at this point. Like, <laughs> so how do you feel about? Uh, I mean, the direction of like his first match. Are you guys excited for All Out? Like uh, Darby versus? I, I, they couldn't have given him a better first opponent for a comeback, man. Because I love Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. That guy is a high flyer, risk taker. He's gonna go like you Who's know. Gonna he's gonna be gonna the go heel though. I don't Who think there's the going to be a heel there, really, you know? I mean, I could be totally wrong about that, but I just think people are going to be super into the match. I think that people are going to be, yeah. like, just out of their minds. Yeah, it's minds. just the perfect first opponent. That's, and, you know, it's gonna. I think they're going to tear the house down. I'm excited to see how uh, we'll at least be talking about it for sure, but... Damn, yeah, man. definitely. Yeah, that is going to be a really cool uh, pay-per-view to watch just for, if nothing else, the the crowd. And then the fact that I, I another thing, you got to at least touch on it, because even CM Punk kind of dropped hints about the fact that, you know, Brian Danielson's going to be probably on the way. You're not going to... You have just, to be just, patient, though. Just, just the, exactly. Just the same exact way that... Uh, you know, they they raise the the whole like, uh, uh, you know, uh, worst kept secret in the world that CM Punk was going to debut on that rampage. Yeah. You're not going to start talking about Brian Danielson so thoroughly, uh, you know, unless you're going to deliver. You're not going right. to you're not going to start right. talking about. So we know that that hopefully Brian Danielson is on his way. Uh, I read a report somewhere. I can't remember where. Is right that now. his real name? Brian Danielson? Because if not, he should go by Daniel Bryanson. 
<laughs> I know he was the American Dragon in Ring of Honor for she a goes, long time. Yeah, that's he was, true. Yeah, he was Jake Long, the American Dragon in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that's his real name. Let's see. Bro. Yeah, the American Dragon, Jake Long. That's his real name, Jake Long? No way. Just Google American Dragon, Jake Long. No, he's uh, he's Brian Lloyd Danielson. Yeah. Who's the yeah, American Dragon name. Jake Long? I don't know. Jake Maybe Long he's is. like a different American Dragon. Did uh, Daniel uh, Bryan or Brian Danielson pass his moniker to anybody potentially? No, I think he beat that guy for the name. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, maybe. Just making know. up my own storyline now. Song. <laughs> well, that's why you should work for WWE, man. Make well, people believe anything, right? So we're on the internet. <laughs> They'll believe us. <laughs> yeah, I think that Darby Allen match is going to be fire really electric yeah exactly and and then like i said the potential for 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 that debut of uh of daniel bryan or however he's gonna end up being called uh i'm just American excited jake long <laughs> yeah it's gonna be you really great. want to see jake long now don't you it's a it's a cartoon show from the like late 2000s <laughs> anything else to touch on with the with the cm punk situation or anything else you guys want to add to that or I've noticed, um, well, I haven't noticed, but people on the internet pointed out like he had AC written on his shoes for uh, Adam Cole. Oh, and then he also have uh, BW one time written on his shoe, Bray oh, Wyatt. On, oh, on, on Punk shoes? Yeah, Punk. They think he's subtly dropping hints of who's coming wow. with those initials. I did not know that. Is that a fact, though? Did he actually have that on his shoes? Or is yeah, this another thing yeah. making up? <laughs> no, saying. no, this one was true. It was, <laughs> it was That's crazy. with a sharpie. Yeah, so he's he's subtly oh. dropping. Oh, oh, he does so. do the sharpie thing with his. Uh, yeah, you know, exes. Yeah. yeah, his exes on his his deal. Well, yeah, yeah the, say, I, like his, I like his, I like his new T-shirt too. I might get me one of those. I think I've heard of like I've heard sold out though. My wrestling pals saying that they want to get that shirt. That is a. I saw people selling the ice cream bars that they had. Uh, for like two hundred dollars. Really? <laughs> Did you oh. see that guy that was in the crowd uh, during one of the AEW shows, and he had like a poster, and it, it it said like I came to Chicago, and all I got was this lousy ice cream bar, and he'd like tape the ice cream bar to the poster or something. <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, man, yeah, really excited about what's to come with AEW, and just. CM Punk situation. Happy, I'm happy to see him, you know, stirring up the pot again. Um, aside from that, I said we weren't going to go too down the, the the news rabbit hole, but we at least got a touch on SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam, you know, kind of felt like it got overshadowed a bit by by everything going on in AEW. Do you guys feel that way at all? Or I think I think they knew they were overshadowed too. Hence all the uh, return that one night. You right. know. Right. So SummerSlam happened same weekend, which which I mean, all in all, it was a really fun weekend for for us as wrestling fans. I mean, just to kind of I mean, SummerSlam for kind of different reasons to kind of see how funny it was the way that they responded to uh, what happened with Punk. I mean, you know, there's all that the chatter did, you know, what was already planned versus what right. is not planned already. But let's just kind of run down, you know. The happenings of uh, of SummerSlam, and you know you can speak on them real quick if you want to. Um, so both the WWE and Universal champs retained, right? 
uh, Reigns, Roman Reigns retained against John Cena, and Brock Lesnar returns. Boo. Boo. Wait, is, is, um, are they, is Brock coming back as a face? If he's going to face Roman now? or No, he's got hair, so he's a heel. <laughs> no, he got a little. He got like what Jeremiah is doing with his hair. Yeah, I've had several. I've had several people say that already. That I've got a Brock, Brock Lesnar is like a Viking now. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know I what? If he grew, if a, he grew a beard and then like had his hair like that and just looked like that, I think he would look so much cooler and menacing. <laughs> I want to see yeah. his hair down. I want to see it down and see what he looks like with like long hair. It's gonna. Yeah. This uh, they're gonna lead. This program is gonna be finished with a uh, Heyman on a pole match. I'm sure, dude. That's what was my next question. What's up with that? Like, what's going on with that? I mean, I I, yeah. I got to see a little bit of uh of this Friday SmackDown, and of course, you know, Ray, uh, Paul Heyman's kind of playing the whole like, uh, I don't know if you guys, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but of course they're teasing that tension. I'll just put it that way, mm-hmm. and uh. And so where's that going? Who is who's who's Heyman really, really with? Or is he just going to show up on AW next to Punk? Guys, we know that Paul Heyman's in for one person, and that's Paul Heyman. That's right. And that's why Jericho paychecks from ECW. That's why he's going to show up for AW. (laughs) He's really going to end up with Punk again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. I don't he know. Where his bread is butter. Paul Heyman's gonna not leave the WWE. God, the Paul Heyman can, real quick. The Paul Heyman guy promo was such a great fucking promo. Which which Paul yeah. Heyman guy promo? The, the pipe bomb. Punk. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, such a great promo. Yeah, people are still watching that promo to this day. Still comes up on my YouTube all the time, like suggested viewing. I'm like I already watched this. So watch it again. <laughs> I'm sure it got watched a lot over this last couple of weeks too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the needle. So you know, first of all, you know, let's not overlook that this was John Cena's return match. This was his possible seventeenth title win. Uh, Got a movie to show. Yeah, yeah. He said he was going to movie to show. Yep, yep. He said he was going to take the title off the Hollywood, but we knew that was BS. Uh, we all said that Reigns winning was the right thing to do, right? So we're glad that he retained. Uh, we get brought, like you said, Brock Lesnar back. Uh, as far as what's going on with Paul Heyman, who knows? Uh, I'm thinking that he sticks with the tribal chief this time. I'm thinking that we get a, a kind of a face Brock Lesnar here. He's too menacing to be a face. Well, I don't know. They're going to try His face run. He, I mean, yeah, he had, he had a couple face run in the WWE and it, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it successful. Like at one point he was feeding with Kurt Angle where he was a face, and I'm pretty sure everybody was a uh, ruin for Angle. So, or is that going to be the only way that Roman Reigns gets beaten and he turns into a face? Is Roman? It... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Roman turns, or I'm sorry, Heyman turns on Roman to go back to Lesnar, creating face Roman. They did that with Punk. Remember, they had when uh, right. they had Heyman turn on Punk when Lesnar came back. So. Didn't he also? Didn't Heyman also turn on Lesnar to go to Big Show at one point? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Are you sure? Maybe I, think, I don't remember. I think that. it happened. You, okay. you said you do not think it happened, or you do think? No, I do think it happened. Yeah, I think for a minute there, Heyman was with the Big Show. Yeah, but Big Show changes 
from face to heel like in two shows. I wonder if that's going to keep on happening now that he's in AEW or are they going to let him stay? It probably him? will. <laughs> <laughs> that's just his, his thing. Yeah, yeah, it totally happened. Uh, song it did. Uh, I'm looking at cool. some videos as Paul Heyman and Big Show challenge Brock Lesnar for Royal Rumble. So I, I know I recalled seeing that happen at one point, and I had no idea that it happened either. It was one of those <laughs> things that I went back and, and realized happened by watching like the WWE network. Oh, gotcha. Um, so cool. Uh, moving on, uh, Bobby Lashley. Uh, he retained. He's the other world t- uh, champion, yeah. of course. Fuck Goldberg. Re- yeah. Uh, and this time, Goldberg comes out of this looking very weak, right? And this is something that I'm e- I'm surprised that that Goldberg was even willing to do. You know, I I looked at it as like, man, he wouldn't even like give Bobby a clean pin on him. I that's, fucking that's hate true. Goldberg. That's yeah. true as that's well. How I, that's how I took it. And I think they're setting up for that big money, uh, you know, that they have that blood money uh, uh, show they do every year. Oh, the Saudi Arabia show. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you think that's going to be like the rematch Goldberg and Lashley or something? Yeah, rematch Goldberg and Lashley. And then Goldberg's going to win. <laughs> He's going to, because you know, when he goes over there, he can even beat the Fiend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, they make, if they make Lashley drop to Goldberg there, I mean, Raw is garbage right now for a yeah. show. Yeah. So when I uh, saw Lashley beat Goldberg, I thought ahead to the Survivor Series. I hope we get Lashley versus Reigns. You know how they've been doing like the whole uh, champion versus champion for Survivor mm-hmm. Series for a few years now? Yeah. I think I think this Lashley versus this Reigns will be a badass match. It'll be like a really, really hard hitting match. It'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I think I, so too. I mean, I think that it'll have to be some funny business to get to a a finish because I don't think they're gonna want to make either of those characters look too weak. Well, they they're gonna have, I'm sure, Heyman and I mean the Uso and uh probably MVP get involved in the uh cost Lashley the, the the match, something like that something yeah. like that i mean that's assuming lashley would lose you know but i don't know i mean i think they they right now wwe values that universal title and roman reigns above all else you know i think a lot of that has to do with fox their deal yeah. with fox, fox oh did you hear uh speaking of which yeah that brings me back to did you hear like that uh the reports online that usa is really pissed off because of how stacked SmackDown is now that yeah, now, that Brock, yeah. now that Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, like every everybody is on uh, SmackDown right Smackdown. now, and yeah. so they're really upset about it. So I wonder how they're going to address that. I guess we'll see this Monday, right? Um, additionally, uh, Edge. Well, Kyle, well, he don't watch the uh, current product. Oh, that's right. We'll have to fill you in, Kyle. <laughs> I, I've been watching a little bit of AEW because that's yeah uh, AEW is just fire right now, dude. It's really good. Now, I, although now that Becky's back, I might start watching some of the women's matches. I love Becky Lynch. I think she is just amazing. But no, yeah, I'm glad yeah. she's back as well. Um, so Edge taps out Rollins. Uh, he came out uh, with his uh, brood theme. That was the cool. Show. Yeah. yeah. But did you hear, uh, like, uh, AEW was going to have Gang Growling for an episode of Dynamite, and then they were going to give him, the, like, a similar entrance to that? 
Oh no, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, and then because uh, Edge did it at SummerSlam, they're like, "Oh, sorry, people already seen it," so they told them like they can't cancel it. Oh wow, okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I mean that was a it was a I think that that's kind of shitty to Gangrel. I feel bad for him. It is. Well, maybe I, they he should talk about it on his podcast. Ah, uh, maybe they like, should still find something bang. for him. You know, have him come in there with Christian. Is it called Fang and Bang? I think it's called Fang and Bang. That's that's hilarious. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, don't quote me on that. Let me die. That's what uh, I would call it if I was. <laughs> Funny. My only fang. So, guys, is the uh, Nikki A.S.H. Uh, experiment over since Charlotte regained the Raw Women's title? Is we that... knew she was going to get that title back. She needs Fucking to win hopefully. 17 of them. Jeez, man. They really... I don't know where they go. Charlotte uh, wins at pay-per-views. Right. That's what happens. Yeah, and Charlotte's yeah. looks good with the title, but I just kind of worry now, like, where does Nikki Cross go? Does she go... Uh, I'm sorry, Nikki A.S.H., almost a superhero uh, well, she she uh she i think they're trying to make her a tag team with uh rhea ripley because the following night on raw they were tag I, teaming i i absolutely hate when they just modge podge throw people together like it's hate just, it i hate yeah. that stuff man like i i'm not into it like get speaking of rk bro yeah, yes, they, they have like RK, RK Bro. RK Bro is an exception to the rule because uh, they've done a lot with it. But they did, speaking of RK Bro, win the Raw tag titles at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a, a good moment for them. At any given time, you don't know whether they're going to, you know, win the tag titles or whether Randy Orton is just going to like <laughs> hit them with uh, RKO. RKO. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, I hope the. Uh... It's obvious that uh, Orton's probably going to turn on Riddle, but I would love it if they just turn it around and have Riddle turn on Orton <laughs> instead. That would be so That would cool. be very unexpected. Like, yeah. Unexpected. Right? I, I still, man, I still say they're not going to do that because I have a feeling Riddle is going to be huge. Like, I think Vince, I think he's going to be huge. I think if he does, the, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be a... Uh, a pretty big deal uh, one day. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at, at any rate, uh, yeah, Charlotte regains the Raw Women's title uh, in the triple threat against uh, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. Um, what's this? Her like 11th or 12th win, right? So I think 12. She's going for 17, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bianca Belair. Let's go ahead and get to the controversial, uh, the controversial match. At SummerSlam, Bianca Belair loses her SmackDown women's title to a returning Becky Lynch. You just said a moment ago, Kyle, you absolutely love Becky Lynch. But how did you guys feel about how this went down? I didn't like it. I mean, I'm glad Becky's back, but they should have like built up this uh, uh, built up to this match, not just have her um, squash Bianca in 30 seconds. They they freaking uh, they did Bianca dirty there. Yeah, didn't one of the Bellas complain? I didn't hear anything about that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, the whole way it went down with Sasha Banks, them announcing she wouldn't be able to make it there. And then, of course, Which they didn't explain why either. Right. We And we still really don't know, right? Um, I assume COVID. Right. That's what I've, I've seen reports on as well. 
Uh, Mela comes out and she's going to replace Banks. But then, of course, before much of anything happens, we get Becky Lynch's music, which is freaking awesome. The place uh, comes unglued. I think we're definitely all fans of, of Becky Lynch. But I feel like that Becky Lynch is definitely getting some of the backlash now for, you know, all this going down. I mean, I know. Well, that- this kind of goes the way she won this title kind of go against the way she her you know, her character was built. You know, she was at one point the person that wasn't getting the opportunity that had to scratch and claw. And then here she comes just like, just oh, I'm in the title up. picture. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, but hey, she's back. Maybe this will lead to a good program with Bianca Belair. Maybe that's just a bad start to a, gonna be a good rivalry. You know, I can't we'll just ima- wait and see. I can't imagine the matches will be bad if they are allowed. Yeah, if they're allowed to have a match, and I right. mean, they're not gonna let her win in thirty seconds all the time, are they? No, I don't think that's. Let's gonna hope happen. not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Vince is crazy. Yeah, he might make Becky Brock Lesnar. <laughs> well. They both are BLs, Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch returned. You know. <laughs> so um, so having said that, I mean, uh, now that we've kind of mentioned both things, both of the returns, Brock Lesnar's and Becky Lynch's returns, which ones of these were already pre-planned? Were any of them pre-planned before the CM Punk thing? In y'all's minds, where does it fall there? Like, uh, if, if, if one of these was added last minute, which one was it? <laughs> This is what I think. Brock might have been playing to come in all along, but I think Vince saw um, the uh, Friday Night Rampage, which he'll never admit to, and he saw that what the reaction from Punk and uh, you know just the media outlet, social media just exploded with AEW um, publicity. So he, I think they brought Becky back. Becky's probably not in, and I'm sure she's working out, but. I don't think she's probably in any shape or ready for like, you know, for to like go. a 15 to 20 minute match or something. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we'll bring, so they put her back and that's why that mm, match was so short. That's a lot of that's sense actually song. That's really smart. That's because, very smart. Because maybe that's exactly why that happened is because they knew like, okay, well, you know, she's ring rust. She's, you know, still, yeah, how I mean, I don't know how I'm probably, I, I don't know the timeline on how long ago she had they had their, their child, but uh, I don't know if they're still like you know, she's still getting back into ring shape from that, but uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if she's taking care of her kid, uh, yeah. you know, she she might not be in ring shape yet, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, I think that was rushed, I think that was definitely rushed in there, um, mm-hmm. to kind of get some uh, you know, publicity back on their side. I absolutely think I agree with you now that you say it that way, Song, because it because the Brock Lesnar thing seems like something that would have been like the next logical step, because who else would it be like who else would be stepping up to Roman at this point? Uh, Because, I mean, if Edge recently did, so you got to move on to something that's kind of, you know. Yeah, I think right now they're at the point where they have to bring in part timers to fight um, Roman. He's just too damn good. Right. Yep. Um, it's incredible, and that's the thing. It's like I don't know. I agree. I think song you made some really valid you, you, points. You you nailed it on the head. Um, and lastly, uh, Damian Priest won his first uh, U.S. title off of Sheamus uh, at SummerSlam. So congratulations to Damian Priest on that. Uh, as we see, 
if you've if you've watched Monday Night Raw since then, they've already kind of uh, thrust Damian Priest towards the main event scene. So it's already like, you know, helping his career out and everything. So that's good to see too. I like Our, I like Priest. He's entertaining right, as well. It's about going to be that time to get to WrestleMania nine. But before that, we always like to, to raise a glass. My glass happens to be empty right now, and it was water anyway. I'm not drinking today. What have you fixed for yourself today there, Kyle? So this is some uh, cold red Mountain Dew that I had left over <laughs> and uh, tequila. Wow, what a huh. mix. That's How's a that? strange combination. How is it? Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I think you were, you were like sipping, cough syrup. You were sipping on sweet tea earlier, weren't you, man? Unsweet tea, yeah. I don't do oh, sugar. Uh, oh, yeah, because Villainous Song only does unsweet tea. <laughs> By the normal way, song, Normal Song drinks regular sweet tea. Regular sweet yeah. tea. But uh, if it, I know you can't see Song right now, but before the actual recording came on the <laughs> air, we were talking about, actually, Kyle was talking about how uh, we are uh, operating and recording today with Evil Song. He's got the goatee growing in as we speak disheveled hair and all uh so ready to take over the world from my mom's basement exactly <laughs> so guys uh today we're toasting we're raising these glasses to the return of cm punk and all of the buzz that it's creating around wrestling is it's definitely uh an exciting time to be a wrestling fan and it can only do good things competition breeds uh excellence right so hopefully yep. this kicks wwe back into high gear and we get some uh some good shit and i was telling song earlier that monday night dynamite does have a nice ring to it it does but i think that'll stay wednesday for a while cheers guys cheers all right guys so it's that time let's uh put on our togas and talk about wrestlemania 9 uh according to wikipedia uh this took place at caesar's palace in paradise nevada um it was the first ever outdoor wrestlemania which I'll just mention um, going it's right back by the it's right by the highway, though. If you look at it, it looks like when they do the overhead shot. OK, it looks like like um, it's like right near an off ramp. Wow. So probably a lot of like leftover noise. But uh, uh, one thing that I noticed about it is uh, that I don't think I remembered from watching it when I was a kid was the whole thing was during the daytime. Like, yeah. even, like the main event was during the daytime and that kind of gave it a weird ambience like outdoor manias have a strange ambience but an outdoor mania that is completely during the day like i, I love that i love that nighttime with lights mm -hmm. and craziness going nighttime on. it feels like a carnival at daytime right. it feels like 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 a, a sporting like, like you're at a like you're at a, a used car lot yeah. exactly yeah that's exactly I it thought, so. i thought they actually did pretty good with the design of the uh arena though look oh cool. yeah oh I yeah i mean the, the the vested ver vestal virgins mm -hmm. the whole i mean the whole uh, know, the world's largest the tagline of pure of of mind and pure of spirit that's correct that was pure of body no. <laughs> body excuse me your yeah. body and and all the fucking cleopatra and you? caesar and the elephant and that'll look sweet the uh, yeah, you know they I beat mean, that elephant to do that, right? <laughs> Hope yeah, I, like an animal cruelty. I mean, we don't know that that elephant could have been a king. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're like circus elephant. They get treated harshly. They beat the elephant with the vulture. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, that vulture uh, was 
tough too. Yeah, no, man. Uh, so the tagline of this WrestleMania was the world's largest toga party. Um, and you know, as we saw, pretty much everybody was wearing a toga. It would be crazy if all the wrestlers had to wear togas too. <laughs> they should have had to do it too. Uh, but so for me, guys, uh, this mania falls pretty high up on the list of, uh, my most watched manias because I, I know I saw it several times as a kid, like on Coliseum home video or whatever it was on. Mm -hmm. And then I have watched it a couple of times since having the WWE network, which is hilarious because it's, it's most famously known as one of the worst WrestleManias ever. If you like look online, it's, but it's also iconic. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what I'll I be like. honest with you guys. It was hard for me to get through this one. I, I remember you saying that I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's either you hate it or love it for me. It was nostalgic. Uh, I'll talk about that more as we sum up the episode and everything. Uh, we'll kind of give our overview of how we felt about it. Um, but it it was for me, like noticing it, I was like, man, I I, I know this WrestleMania pretty, pretty well, yeah. like compared yeah. to some of them. So it took place on April 4th, 1993. The first voice that you hear is Gorilla Monsoon welcoming us to Mania 9, which I always love hearing Gorilla Monsoon you know, I know it's going to be a good pay-per-view because it means that probably Bobby Heenan's there too. It's like the mm -hmm. same right time frame. Yeah. Uh, he introduces the debuting Jim Ross. This is Jim Ross's first appearance with the company who's in a toga with some centurions behind him. Uh, he then kicks it over to the Fink who for the day is dubbed Finkus Maximus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he introduces Caesar and Cleopatra who ride out on that, that elephant you were talking about earlier. Uh, one thing that I want to point out, uh, it was real fun hearing JR commentate about like all the over the top shit that happened on this, uh, this, this, this WrestleMania, because I bet he never, ever had to say anything like pachyderm in WCW. You know what I'm saying? Like down South, right? They're like they don't do or, this shit. Or, yeah. We're, yeah. I was going to say this was, this is, it's great. I, I like the, the first part of this, uh, so far so good. Thumbs up from, from Ex the professor. Exactly. Loving Loving the, uh, loving the, the, I mean, Jim Ross looked the, awesome the in that ambience. toga. The ambience, yeah. yeah. His microphone that looked like a, um, like, like a, like a baton that you would yeah. see in like Olympics and shit. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You could tell he's totally out of his element, uh, you know, thinking like, we don't do this kind of shit down in Atlanta. Uh, right. then Macho Man was introduced, right? His, uh, his wardrobe was super sweet, all purple and gold. Uh, Bobby Heenan, the brain is out next, which is, you know, he comes uh, it, he comes out right after an ostrich and a vulture on a camel. But he comes in backwards, of course, and backwards, you know, Bobby also, Macho Man's coat had such incredible detail. Oh, it was great. He looked he looked insanely good, like the purple and gold with while being fed grapes. Oh, yes. By the Vestal Virgins. Right. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, so Bobby Heenan, you know, he's pure gold as always. His golden cape was amazing. Um, he's totally winded uh, by the time he even starts talking. Uh, he's turned up to level 10 because it's Bobby Heenan at WrestleMania. And I'll just go ahead and say it because anytime we talk about Bobby, nobody's better than Bobby Heenan. No. Uh, I could not believe when Bobby, when Macho Man lifted uh, Heenan's kilt and dude had his blue uh, Fruit of the Loons on. Those, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> uh dude oh, i mean so good yeah dude i mean the whole beginning of that mania 
yeah. to me was hilarious. 10 out of 10. Like, uh, so far, so good. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> so we go to our opening contest, right? Uh, it's Tatanka versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to ask, uh, you know, why is Shawn Michaels wearing Damian Priest ring gear? Oh, man. <laughs> Shawn Michaels was so great. All the, like, crosses. It's like... um. Yeah. It's like a chest chaps almost. Yeah, and he's exactly. wearing chaps as well. And, and yeah. he's, he's, go ahead. No, sorry. I, I like oh, and Luna Valshawn, like, ah, just I was ever, just, like yep. Luna Valshawn is such an amazing performer because like in reality, good looking woman, but she made herself look just horrible. Yes. Like like she's she could like looking, man. punch up her face and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like when she's Even not her- doing that. She's yeah, like a normal like her walk is kind of like, you know, yeah, like she's got issues walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she walks like a zombie. Great performer. Great performer. Yeah, dude, I will say you were talking about Shawn Michaels, you know, chaps and how his accessories looked. And I was about to say, like, Luna Vachon was probably the best accessory he came out with because she looked so crazy. I um, looked up uh, some stuff about Luna because, you know, It'll probably be few and far between when we uh, are, you know, mentioning her. I don't know if she's on some of these subsequent Raws or not. Maybe we will get into her more. But uh, uh, I did not know that Luna's real name is Gertrude Elizabeth Vishon, which is just that's so fitting to me. Like even her name Gertrude. is like Gertrude. You know what I mean? It's like one of those names that's like, oh, it like hits you in the in the gut kind of. Yeah. I did not know she's also from Atlanta, Georgia. So she's, you know, like I'm a fan because she's from where I'm from. Uh, total character, right? Um, uh, then I know that when, when Kyle was watching this, he sat at the edge of his chair because his girl, Sensational Sherry, came out. Next. I was about to say that Sherry Martell is in this, and she looks, <laughs> of course, incredible. She works incredible. She is the fucking best. More, more people... Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Sherry Martell does my not God. get enough credit. Like, uh, just looked very nice. I mean, I mean, first of all, this is wrestling. Everybody looks nice, but like, yeah, I yeah, knew you were going to be excited, buddy. And I hear your excitement right now. <laughs> your, your screen is just so everybody knows right now, I'm having some uh, technical difficulties so I can hear everything the guys are saying, but their, their screen from time to time is frozen. Uh, so right now, Kyle's I know, dude, I really need to switch. But uh, right now, Kyle is frozen on on a very like one face, but I can still read the excitement. So as far as the match goes, Michaels always makes folks look like a million bucks, right? Yeah, he uh, does the over the like, over, over the turnbuckle yeah. thing. Yeah, the, he the flops he around. Oversold every, he God, oversold he every made Tatanka look thing. like a fucking champion right. like if 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 you would just if this was your only tatanka match you would be like oh wow you think this is a man right yeah you you'd yeah. be like oh he must be the guy that is like the most famous person in the company the, the company because sean just sells for him so well right and so tatanka i don't know how you guys feel about it speaking of that is a character that I'm definitely not into at all, really, as an adult. And I can't remember if I even really liked him as a kid. I do know that he was super popular uh, during that time with a lot of people. But I wasn't personally like a Cowboys and Indians type of kid, though. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, I, go ahead, Song. As a kid, as a kid I, I, I liked the Tonka. I bought into the whole streak and stuff. So okay. 
yeah, I enjoy watching him. Um, this match was um, probably one of the better match on this mm-hmm. um, show, I thought. Probably just because of Sean. But a little overbooked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up, Song, because that is a, an important thing to mention to people who may not have been watching at that time or may not be as familiar with Tatanka is he's one of those cats that they put like a super hot streak on similarly yeah. to Mr. Perfect's like, yeah, it was long, like a yeah. 300 some yeah, long ass streak where he just didn't lose for a long time. So that is an important thing to break uh, to bring up. Um, and so, you yeah, know, I mean, even though they didn't let him win the title here, they still protect his streak. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the match was good, though. It saw Tatanka almost win the IC title when he covered Sean for the three count. But alas, Michaels had just put his hands on the ref previous to that moment. And the ref opted instead of pinning the three to just DQ Michaels, right? So uh, I hate matches like that because right. it makes the ref look like a stupid Complete fucking moron, nitwit. Right? Yeah. Which is a, which is a theme of this mania. Uh, referees getting knocked over, just completely taking spells, missing calls. Like they they got like a couple of the the like foot on the rope calls right, but then they got some wrong too. So it was like a theme going on through this mania was completely inept ref. Uh, there was like so many point where the referee like they had extra referee coming out and right matches snitch ass refs snitch ass refs (laughs) yeah so uh so yeah after the match luna attacks sherry pretty viciously body slams her kicks her after the match uh and actually tatanka comes to sherry's aid to uh, kind of close out that segment right Took him long enough. He was still like standing on the turnbuckle and watching her get beat. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "All right, I'll go over there." So next we go to to Mean Gene, and he's in the back, and he introduces the Steiner brothers. Uh, of course, this is pre Big Bad Booty Daddy uh, Scott Steiner. Uh, Steiners were a great team back in the day. They weren't the greatest in the WWE. The like the WWF version of them, I guess, wasn't like the best. But the Steiners were still a great team. Um, and this leads, of course, to their match Steiner Brothers versus the Head Shrinkers with Afa. Uh, I thought this was a good tag team match. Uh, the Head Shrinkers kind of uh, let me know if you agree. Me, we're kind of the Usos of the 90s. Oh, absolutely. And I guess similarly, it like a, go ahead. You know, just both teams know what they're doing as a tag team. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice to watch real tag team do tag team wrestling, you know. Yeah, I know we bitch all the time about single competitor put together just to form a team, but watching this tag match was fun. You get to see Scott Steiner play the. Uh, he took a lot of the beating in this match before the hot tag was finally made. Mm-hmm. So you get the comeback. It basically told a great tag team story. Yeah, I agree with that. It's probably one of the highlight <laughs> matches for the evening. For me, I would say where the head shrinkers were the Usos of the 90s, the Steiners were kind of like the Alpha Academy of the 90s, and uh, or vice versa. They like definitely fed off of each other. American Alpha. Yeah, yeah American I mean, Alpha. That's what American Alpha was supposed to be. Exactly. I was trying to remember the name of that those guys earlier, and I couldn't remember it. Thank you for reminding that me. Gable and Jordan. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's kind Ready of Willie and Gable, baby. And that's kind of who they were more like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I agree. With I love the Steiner's singlets, by the way. Oh, always. 
I wish he had used the raisin singlet again that we talked about in a previous episode. Right. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so some highlights of the action on this match. Uh, I, I love the spill that Scott Steiner took uh, to the outside. Did you see that? I think he was supposed to drop him onto the rope, but he just overcalculated and yeah, like Scott. Well, didn't Samu pull down the uh, rope? No. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, so I didn't catch that, but dude, like that. That's a nasty spill. It looked like he went head first. I wanted to see, like, I wish there had been a cameraman on the outside during that because that shit looked crazy. Yeah, I, I like Scott Steiner should have died when that happened. Like, (laughs) pretty much. Like it was a combination of them overshooting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually looking. You want to look at, at right that moment now. again? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. While you're looking that up, I also want to point out um, the chop that Scott Steiner took on the outside. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that. He, I don't know if it was Fatu or Samu. It but doesn't look like they fucked up, guys. It looks like Samu goes back to drop him backwards, and Fatu 100% pulls down the thing. Oh, okay. Yes, okay, I so you were right, so it just is just a move, I guess. I did like it, I just looked like an, it looked nasty. It, it looked looks nasty. like he should have never gotten back up, <laughs> right? Well, a normal, a normal person probably wouldn't have gotten back up. These guys, well, yeah, I mean, because this guy's superhero. got the fucking neck of a yeah tree. I mean, they both look huge. I love, I, I one thing I will talk about is like, I love that, like, Samoan characters or anytime somebody's like a a savage type character the headbutt doesn't work on them mm-hmm. yeah because they had the harder heads yeah <laughs> they have harder heads yeah. mm-hmm. well they headbutt each other so that's right <laughs> they built um, up a tolerance to it <laughs> i'll tell you another spot that i liked in this match was when the head shrinkers went for that top rope maneuver but the rick steiner like reversed that shit into a power slam that mm-hmm. was what he he's done that a few times that looks sweet i think he um I think the Steiners did that at like some WCW, it was like a WCW uh, thing. It, it well it was it, it this was the one where the it was the War Games where the Dangerous Alliance went up against the Sting Squad Squadron. I think it's like oh yeah something ninety three. It's it's around the same time actually as this. Um and the it they were facing a Japanese tag team and fucking. He they they went to do that and he suplexed him. Vince was probably like, "I need you to do that spot." Yeah, hey pal, <laughs> I need you to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this match ends when Scott does finally hit Samu with the Frankensteiner, which was always a fantastic move. Uh, so so yeah, agree. Awesome match, great tag team psychology, and we get the the guys from Michigan going over guys so far so good i'm gonna say this 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 uh fucking uh two great well two one okay match and one good match Mm -hmm. and and just a lot of fun and so yeah and 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 i also want to point out that the commentary team pure gold throughout the whole night um in my opinion at least um back to mean gene though with doink the clown uh he's painted up julius caesar statue in his likeness uh they go back to the clip of doink attacking crush mean gene says crush is vowed sweet hawaii style revenge <laughs> i just kind of added shaka bro shaka. I, I added the hawaii style revenge part but i thought it was appropriate. yeah well that that's revenge with pineapple on it <laughs> doink does a little bit of foreshadowing by saying that crush might see a little double vision later right so then we get the match 
and I just want to point out that, that this is, uh, you know, uh, the match is Crush versus Doink. And I just want to point out that I think that Doink might be one, even though he's a clown and I am not a fan of clowns, he, this clown might be one of my favorite characters of the 90s. I know I've said this before, but again, I just love his character. This is still Matt Bourne playing him, right? I think so. And yeah, and, Matt Bourne, terrible shithead, really good performer. Right. And and the and the and to put this into context though, he's facing one of my least favorite characters in the 90s crush. Like I own a crush? Yeah, I did not really love him. I, I loved him as demolition. I think I just really liked him as a demolition crush. And so like I was automatically sour on like Kona Crush. I agree. I'm not a fan of Crush either. Your silence is deafening, Kyle. I like I, I like Crush. I can't see your I can't see your face. Can you so hear I, me? I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. But, I was like, but can just, you hear me? But but <laughs> but the context is, you know, like um, when, I'm doing I'm doing the the no worries hand sign. I did no worries and saying Shaka Bra. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that he's. I like. I like. I look. Kota Crush is exactly what he was always going to be. Like right. he is. He is the. He's Hawaiian, so he talks like a surfer. Mm-hmm. He's got the but he's great shit, mullet. But he's a terrible wrestler. Great so, mullet. and he uses. The the head squeeze as yes. his yeah. which I kind of like I kind of like Love it because like has anybody ever done that to you? It hurts. Uh, <laughs> Nobody done that to me. Let, song, let me put you in a head squeeze, and you'll be like, okay, I see it. We have to put yeah. that on. We have to put that on the page. I think we uh, watched him crush a coconut one time, didn't we? Yeah, I think we and, did. And and a banana. Yeah, and a banana. <laughs> I was uncomfortable with that. Uh, but uh, dude, uh, if we if we do that, if if you allow Kyle to put you in that maneuver, we have to record it so it can be posted to our page. Yeah, if That's you don't fine. believe that the head, if you do not believe that the head crush is a real submission move, then I will submit you with it. Okay. Um, then no. I I can put the crippler crossface on you. <laughs> I mean that that is a legitimate. I I'm not doubting the effect of uh, the efficiency of the crippler crossface. I am saying that that would hurt. Yeah. No, it's only fair. You are doubting doubting the effectiveness of the head crush. (laughs) The Kona crush, if you will. So it just looks so weak. It it looks terrible. It's like nothing to it. Uh but yeah, Crush did catch Doink off the top rope like it was nothing. And Doink weighs 243 pounds, five foot ten. So he's not a little dude. That was like a highlight of the match for me. It was was him snatching him off of the top rope. Uh, this is another match that the ref goes down during the match, right? Yep. Uh, Doink goes under the ring. Uh, Crush drags him out, and Crush hits his finisher that we were just talking about. Uh, so he hits the finisher, but then, alas, we get Doink number two, right? I love uh, it. Yeah, he's got illusion. the he's got the fake arm. They double team Crush and they hit him not once but twice with the cast. It looks pretty gnarly. And then Doink pins Crush. This and my dude, he almost wins, but then this snitch ass referee comes out and he tries to tell on Doink. So if Doink had won, mm-hmm. plus because Doink loses because of snitchery, loss. Yep. No, he won. They oh, does he still it. win? They didn't reverse they it. They didn't reverse it because they couldn't find the second they clown underneath the ring. Remember? Then okay. then. 
then there we go. George right. Bailey. Yeah, they were look they were looking underneath the ring to find that second yeah. sound, but he wasn't there anymore. They look they did look under the ring and uh, dude, it's a mess under there. <laughs> All yeah. I gotta say is doink number one, Yokozuna number one. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you though, uh Crush, you know, he was in the ring after this and he looked a lot like his namesake, Crush. He looked crushed. <laughs> it's a damn, uh, but uh so as far it's as still like real to him, it's still it's real still real to him. him. So uh, as far as the, this match goes, I mean, not the not like the barn burner or anything like that, but psychology wise, uh, really good match. Like I love, I, love, I didn't hate it. I loved it when Doink did the mirror image thing. Yeah, know, the Harpo Marks type thing. I yeah, love that. I'm totally I, into I, it. Yeah, don't don't hate it. I I know songs like looking at us like we're just like grown three eyes, but I do not hate it. And dude, uh, you know, he's he's just one of those dudes, like even when he was walking back to the back, the, the faces he was making, he was just so into his character that I was, too. Uh, and, and that's what did it for me. I, I love seeing Doink. Um, after that, uh, we get to Todd Penningale and he's interviewing two Asian photographers. I don't know if these were actors or real photographers at this point. What do you think? No, they were actors. This was they're they're, they're doing a comedy bit. I mean, they're yeah. speaking in like pidgin English and like right. it was terrible, right? Well, so, they're trying to do a comedy bit, right? It was very it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. Uh, so moving right along, we get to Bob Backlund versus Razor Ramon. It's hard to think though that this is Backlund's first WrestleMania at forty three years old, and. He's already had like a years long title reign, but yet this yeah. Mania Nine is his very first Mania. He just came back not long ago, right? At this yeah. point, yeah, he's about to give everybody a little bit of sports education, baby. That's exactly right. Uh, Backlund tries to shake Razor's hand at the beginning of the match, but he gets a toothpick to the face for his efforts. Uh, during the match, Macho Man announces that Lex Luger has attacked Bret Hart earlier at a Mania Bruncheon with the bionic elbow. So it kind of drops that little bit of information in. And, and I guess this is kind of a way to plant the seeds of, of, uh, of something, you know, being wrong with Bret Hart to kind of protect his, his loss that's going to come later in the night. I did like Bob Backlund's jacket, though. That was kind of cool. Oh, the USA jacket? Yeah, I would wear uh, that. Yeah, definitely so. I wonder if it's going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, that would be sick. Yeah, dude, you know we're going to do a quest to the... To, if they ever make a physical Hall of Fame, we have to do a, a, a road trip to that. Razor's tights, by the way, wow. loved. Black and gold with the little razors on the back and on the knee pads, and then razor across the front looks I've, so fucking sick. I've always loved Razor Ramon. He's so good. Um, this match is relatively short. Razor gets Backlund with a small package, which really doesn't seem like the way it should have ended. We didn't get to see the razor's edge, man. I think. Yeah, no, it doesn't make much. It doesn't make much sense because like, why would professional like grappler Bob Backlund get fooled with a wrestling move? Right. Exactly. It was just kind of a a very strict. It it he should have overpowered him. Mm -hmm. Boom. He's like, oh, you, you're a wrestler. Chino. here's this. Bam. You know, like. Yeah, I totally. This match agree. was just put together last minute. I mean, as we were watching Raw, they never advertised this match to be That's on Mania. It's probably one of those throw-in matches or something. That yeah, they added. I mean, it was only it was just a little bit under four minutes. So. Oh yeah, I didn't. Even, it was definitely a short match, and yeah. you know, I mean, it could have been one of those situations where they called it during the match, and we're like, we have to go home with this match. 
and mm-hmm. you know so they did a small package you never know it'd be interesting to find out um, yeah it just sucks not getting to see the razor's edge in a razor ramon match at, at mania exactly um so after that mean gene is in the back uh with money incorporated first thing that i, I noticed i love the way the tag titles look i love those old tag titles yeah. man compared to the new ones right they need to bring it back um, I also love DiBiase's white ring attire. I thought DiBiase, uh, no pun intended, looked like a million bucks. With uh, I was about to make that pun. <laughs> I also, was about to say, also, I would say he looks like a million bucks. Exactly right. Uh, so the gold Halliburton, the di- the, the diamond studded mm-hmm. dollar sign on the back. It looks so good. Yeah, I love them during this. <laughs> and you know DiBiase also. He's a great interview at all times, and so. Uh, he's always got a little bit extra juice when he's in Vegas because, you know, Vegas is a money city. So he's always got a, that ability to kind of, uh, you know, speak to that when he's. Did in Vegas. you know that the the million dollar belt, uh, all the, the diamonds on the front and all are all like a really nice, like sort of crystal. But on the back, there's some di- there's, a, there's a one diamond yeah, in there and that's for him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I had heard that from somewhere. I just don't remember where. That's a nice looking belt too. I like that. Belt. I know. I love it, dude. Uh, IRS mentions that Brutus has a protective face mask that he's going to be wearing tonight. He also mentions that Hogan got in a little accident coming out of the gym. So we got a little foreshadowing there. Uh, now he says that uh, that's what happens when you mess with somebody who's got money. Uh, so uh, guys, uh, this made me do a little bit of research. How did Hogan really get that shiner? So according to the sports rush, there are three different stories about this, uh, this Hogan Shiner. Number one being that the actual official uh, record says that uh, it was a boating accident. The second theory is that what they said on WWE television, which is that Money Inc. hired somebody, of course, and that's kind of what they said during Mania. Well, then that's uh, obviously what really happened. Exactly. But Jim Cornette says that this black guy came from macho man when he punched him in the eye after elizabeth ran away to hogan and linda's house oh you know what i did hear that i actually dark side of the ring wasn't i was about to say yeah it would correspond with what they were saying on dark side of the ring which of course is also corny is involved in so we have to take that Mm -hmm. with a grain of salt yeah what it is you know i have a fourth theory what's your fourth theory dude Brett that was Bret Hart when yes, he learned that yes. uh, when he learned that Hogan couldn't win the title because like, we know he'll pu- he'll he'll punch Vince. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I so real quick, pull up a video or something. I want you guys to look at how much fucking smaller Hogan is in '93. Oh yeah, he looks like he's a little dude compared to what he used to be in the '80s. A deflated fucking balloon, man. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like, I mean, when the Roid wore off. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he said, well, because this is this is probably right during the Roid trial. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was definitely right before that point. So, I mean, everybody, everybody has to be clean, except for like guys like the Steiner brothers who come in and don't sign contracts. They just, you know, handshake Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. So. Man, he just looks so fucking small. It's incredible. Like he, I mean, still bigger than me. Still looks great. Still looks, you know, good. But man, oh man, that like his his arms don't look nearly. They're not the the nineteen inch or the twenty four inch pythons. Yeah, twenty four inch. Yeah, right now they look like 
they look like like 19 or 18 inches which is still pretty impressive but i right. mean i mean i'm fat and i've got that so i mean i don't know speaking of hogan uh we get this exact version of hogan and beefcake out with jimmy hart uh, next for their matches the mega maniacs uh take on money inc for the wwf tag team titles uh, this is definitely different from what we are used to seeing out of the Hulkster at Mania. He's usually the, the focus, and he's usually in a singles match, of course. And as we learn later in the night, he'll still be the focus. But um, I digress. Um, they, yeah. they, begin, they begin brawling out of the gate. Uh, at one point, Money Incorporated try to walk away and lose by countout. Uh, but the Fink announces that the referee has said that if they get counted out, they're going to lose the belts this time. So they barely make it back in time for the 10 count. Uh, DiBiase well, does. Go ahead. That's kind of crazy. Can, you know, that they can just make the rule up that thing. <laughs> like uh, like um, Heenan was saying. That's what like, Heenan was saying. Yeah. Didn't um, Tatanka win by count out too, and they didn't give him the title? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, because Sean politics to that. This whole this whole main has been a mess of referees. A dude. mess of referees. It really was. Um, so so yeah, uh, after they barely make it back in, DiBiase does get the better of Hulk Hogan after a bit with the million dollar dream. And at one point, Hogan almost hooks out of it. Luckily, the barber is there to make the save. Uh, he gets the hot tag for a while and he's cleaning house on Money Incorporated until Ted DiBiase hits him in the back with a briefcase. After that, DiBiase comes back in and begins to try to remove the titanium protective mask, which he finally does get off of Beefcake. Uh, At that time, of course, Beefcake is uncovered, so he's in real trouble. He gets double-teamed by Money Incorporated until he hits a good-looking double clothesline. Uh, Yeah, I'm not the biggest Brutus the Barber, like, as a a wrestler person, but he did hit a good double clothesline there. Brutai, he puts IRS into a sleeper hold until DiBiase cracks him in the back and inadvertently knocks another fragile referee down. Speaking of ref issues, uh, Hogan comes in and he hits Ted DiBiase with the big boot and then hits both of them with the titanium mask. Uh, Hogan and Beefcake cover both DiBiase and IRS while Jimmy Hart turns his jacket inside out to reveal loved that bit. <laughs> the ref stripes right because how would you have known ahead of time or is it just happens to be that the inside of that jacket i love that that's logic <laughs> yeah it's wwf logic i will say um i i agree with some of what you said jeremiah there is a certain charm to the fact that Beefcake has the same offense in every fucking match. And it's so... I mean, I know most wrestlers do. Mm-hmm. But Beefers is just so easily identifiable. The high knee, mm-hmm. the the atomic drop, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the strutting and cutting. Like, it's... It's the it bare. Is, it's the bare minimum of maneuvers as well. It's it's like the least amount of wrestling you can learn yeah. and still be considered a worker. And I fucking love it. Ted DiBiase, really great fucking heel. I look. I don't like IRS as a, a as a singles performer, but as a as a tag team. With, yeah, no, I love money. He they he can work and like I like I like they you know they're really good at cutting off a baby face and like you know really controlling the ring i think doing some really great heel shit yeah absolutely Uh, 
This match would have been good if not for the ending. Yeah, so about the ending, yeah. Jimmy, he he makes the three count and the Mega Maniacs grab the belts, right? So you think that they're the tag team champions. Also, Hulk Hogan's a heel. I know I'm not saying anything new, no. but Hulk Hogan is a complete heel. He cheats and then he throws away the weapon so that the unconscious breath can't see. Mm-hmm. He's oh, a totally. shit. Yeah, not to mention the poke in the eye during the match. Uh, so... He, he anyway, Jimmy Hart, he makes the three count. The Mega Maniacs grab the belts. Another ref comes out yet again and reverses the decision, saying Hogan was disqualified for hitting Money Inc. with the mask. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy Hart throws the snitch referee out of the ring and the faces they strut around the ring. Uh, after a while, they steal IRS's briefcase and they open it. Inside, they find a brick and a big old chunk of money. Apparently, this, <laughs> apparently, I love uh, Hogan's response of getting horny over it. Uh, yeah, he was like humping the starts, air with it. Yeah, like. <laughs> he starts humping the air. Uh, and I do actually think it was real money because he's giving it out to the crowd. So uh, that was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, not shown Ted DiBiase coming behind being like, give me my money back. Give me my money back. <laughs> Dude, and it was also hilarious knowing that Savage may have been the one that punched Hogan when Jim Ross said somebody really did a number on him. So that would that would be awesome to I, I kind of hope that's the case. I hope so, too. So back out to Todd Penningell and he's got Natalie Cole and Dan Reichardt's. I think I'm saying that right. The CEO of Caesars Palace. I was kind of uh, thrown off by how like hard this dude like was putting over WWF. He was like, seemed genuinely like happy. I guess it, the turnout, of the crowd was really good, but he was like really going on yeah. about how great well, the WWF was. It put eyeball on his, uh, you know, casinos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I was going to say, when was the last time people were talking about Caesar's Palace? Uh, so after Todd is out there with the CEO guy, by the way, we go to Mean Gene Okerlund, and he's backstage with Mr. Perfect. And Gene mentions that Lex earlier, again, knocked out Bret Hart. <laughs> Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect is next. So let's go over the highlights of this match. Perfect uh, out-wrestles Luger in this match. No big surprise there. Yeah. yeah. He, wor- he works on Luger's leg a whole bunch. Um, Mr. Perfect throws some vicious chops in this match, by the way. Uh, Macho no, Man, the highlights were the girls that came out with Lex. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so Luger tries to get the dirty pin on Luger at one point, but the ref catches it this one time. <laughs> Luger hits a nice power slam on Mr. Perfect at one point. Uh, I do want to point out as well, Mr. Perfect sunset flip. Very beautiful. Oh, God. Kurt hitting is legitimately i'm not again i'm not saying anything fucking new but kurt henning is legitimately one of the most talented wrestlers of all time he He is just he is it it is it is an art watching him work he or 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 watching him work is like watching somebody do art it is like watching a ballet dancer or anything like that it is and 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 just the fact that he's able to make a guy like Lex Luger, who <laughs> I was gonna say, not yeah, the, the greatest worker, weight. yeah, yeah, like fucking a man, like so good, so yeah. so good, yeah, because perfect kept hitting Luger with neck breakers, top rope drop kicks, and Luger kicks out of these, and all Luger had to do is kick out. You know what I'm saying? Like perfect did all the work with the neck breakers, hitting them with these drop kicks. Yeah. This match, it ends with when Luger gets the pen with a slide. 
the ref does not dumb faced Luger. <laughs> yeah, the ref actually does not see that Perfect's beat were both on the ropes this time, right? Yeah. Um, to add insult to injury, Luger hits Mr. Perfect in the back of the head with the bionic elbow after the match. Um, afterwards, we get Perfect waking up, chasing Luger outside where Luger is hanging out with Shawn Michaels. Uh, of course, Mr. Perfect is furious and he attacks Luger, but Michaels gets involved, starts super kicking him. Dude, did you see him take that freaking trash can to the face? Yeah, dude. Dude, uh, that looked horrible. It looked like he Dude, Shawn Michaels should only wrestle in jeans and cowboy boots from now on. <laughs> that is a fucking look, my guy. That like like some texas stampede stuff look he looked kind of like a fucking walker texas ranger in that shit i don't know why like i thought it looked cool i don't know where was this shirt (laughs) it's fucking las vegas nevada it's like hot as it's probably like a fucking million degrees (laughs) he's like as naked as he can be (laughs) well he wants to wear jeans because you know jeans right so um Back to the announce team now, and Macho Man stands up to threaten Bobby Heenan, who's laughing about what Lex Luger just did. Uh, Jim Ross has to keep them separated at this point, and then they cut back to Gorilla Monsoon. Now, Gorilla, he's standing next to some Roman soldiers, and he lets us know what's coming up. We still got Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez to go, and Bret Hart versus Yokozuna. So after that, we go to the match Giant Gonzalez with Harvey Whippleman and Undertaker with Paul Bear. So first of all... Oh, man. First of all, his entrance with the black chariot and the vulture. Really so cool. cool. Um, and those uh, muscular ass dudes, too, man. What <laughs> the fuck? Those Way dudes. to go, dudes. I know. Those why are they like, not? Uh, well, those were body, the, the world bodybuilding, uh, the UWBF. WBF yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So the, as far as the match goes, Gonzalez and Taker stare each other down before trading shots at each other. Taker has to get on the second rope to even reach Gonzalez to be able to choke slam him. Um, not sure why Gonzalez wasn't disqualified for the low blow that he did blatantly in front of him to Taker. Uh, but after afterwards, Taker still gets his ring walk in. Um, a little bit later, Gonzalez tosses Taker around for a bit, uh, tosses him outside the ring. Rams take her into the ring steps on the outside. So the, the, the story is really Gonzalez kind of dominating at first. But luckily after that, Paul Bear steps in with the urn to, to give Undertaker his superpower and additional hit points. Right. So, yep. Taker, he gets the upper hand after this. Uh, at one point, Taker tosses Harvey Whippleman at the same time. Gonzalez is headbutting Paul Bear. And right after this, Gonzalez does the unthinkable. He produces a cloth and covers Taker's face with it. At this time, the announced team begins to uh, sell that there's a weird smell, and they begin yeah. talking about chloroform. chloroform. So basically, the old just, ether gimmick. Yeah, Giant Gonzalez is roofing folks, basically. Uh, <laughs> so a bunch of refs come out to attend Taker, who's completely passed out. Refs, they, where were the cops? <laughs> they bring the gurney out. Uh, Gonzalez is choking, choke slamming referees all over the place, and they uh, pull Taker on the stretcher and they roll him out. Uh, Gonzalez is posing for the crowd, and you think everything's all over, but actually Taker comes back out and starts rocking Gonzalez off his feet with a series of strikes and a flying clothesline that looked pretty nasty. Um, so of course we know that the match is complete trash. But I still think it was completely fun. Like for it for it to be universally 
like put down as one of the worst matches of Undertaker's career. That's true. But also, like, in my opinion, it was still hilarious and it was still like entertaining as hell. What are your thoughts? I know songs yeah. be like I, I hated it. They're, did if they're wrestling, if they're wrestling, if it's a comedy match, yeah, that's hilarious. But they were trying to be serious, so it was bad. I just complete and utter garbage. You can't put Giant Gonzalez in that outfit in front of people and ask them to take it seriously. Right, that outfit is a million bucks, man. Like it is like. He looks like a, a moron. It's like Robert Wadlow didn't shave and yeah, just put like, on a put on the bodysuit. Like legitimately, like I don't look. I'm not hating on people who are just tall. I get it, but like you can't just be tall. Like you have to be muscular. If you are not muscular, not then no muscular. one will buy you. Right. And like that's why he had to wear a fucking bodysuit. Like, look, this is a body game. I don't. I'm not hating. Like I look like. Like you, it like, or just don't make your gimmick that you're the big fucking but, strong giant. You're just maybe a big giant. But but why couldn't they have done something like like can like can you imagine if they did that to a moss now? Like why couldn't they have put Giant Gonzalez in like a pants and a tank top tank and a top. big ass jacket? Right. You know, like yeah. like yeah, to, that would have been he, sick. Why does he have to be Yeti? You know, like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, put him still. in cowboy boots and jeans and he would look incredible is all I'm saying. As, as far as, you know, nostalgia goes, I still loved watching it. Um, mean Gene is in the back and he cuts to uh, to video of Yokozuna's bonsai drop attacks on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, after that, we go back to Mean Gene again and he says he was on hand for the Yokozuna versus Brett contract signing, which they cut to that as well. And it's just more of the same Yokozuna hitting the bonsai drop on Brett Hart this time. Um, and then, of course, for some weird reason, we'll realize later Mean Gene begins interviewing Hulk Hogan. And uh, Gene asks, What happened to that eye? Hogan at this point says he just left the WWE champ Bret Hart's dressing room and wants to let him know that all the holsters are in his corner. And I'm thinking to myself, Yeah, waiting to steal his belt. Yeah, <laughs> but Hogan yep. Hogan says that he was leaving the weight room in Vegas and someone took it out on him. Uh, he then goes back and reiterates again that he's in Bret Hart's corner, but he looks into the hitman's eyes and questions his own greatness. He then says he wants to issue a challenge to the winner of the match, either Bret or I'm not even going to say how he referred to Yokozuna, dude. Like that was just kind of tasteless. Well, that's Hulk Hogan for you. It's what he does. The amount of the amount of the the J word getting thrown around, <laughs> yeah, in general is like super duper surprising. It, it's really it, it was really the nineties. Anything goes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Like but it goes back to what you said, Kyle. Hogan is a definite I like, heel. I feel like Hogan's a heel. I like. I did love his like little flexing thing. That was always fun. I mean, back in um, the 80s, dude, I was drinking that Kool-Aid for sure. Oh, yeah. No, Jim, I'm walking around word, saying man. the J word. No. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> no, no, I no, no. Yeah, no. I wasn't drinking that Kool-Aid. I was drinking the, the, the 80s Hogan Kool-Aid, you asshole. That's hilarious, dude. And then yeah. Sung said, oh, yeah, all the kids were. <laughs> all the kids were. It's okay. I'm Asian. Awesome. I can say it. That's hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> 
anyway but yeah it, that shit was i was over it in the 90s dude because bret hart was my guy and here was this dude stepping in to take the belt with his black eye and all anyway G- mean gene he cuts to todd pinningell who's in the crowd and he tries to interview a kid with prince charles years and then a couple dudes who stole their togas from their hotel room uh they drove in on them they said the, the dudes uh that said they took their uh their togas from their hotel room said that they drove in on a motorcycle and a sidecar which i thought was hilarious all right anyway guys time for the main event yokozuna versus brett the hitman Hart for the wwe championship so i love a uh, real quick real quick yokozuna's entrance yep and the the the, the and brett brett's fucking ring attire let's talk about yeah. that for a minute yes and because i appreciate that it is the hot pink singlet with the white and the black with the whole with the white boots like white spat looking boots and then the leather jacket with the fringe fucking oh yeah best best bread hard stuff love i love his ring gear and i like how, how it kind of evolved over time i was also a fan of the ring gear i don't know if you remember it that had like a little bit more black in it and it had kind of like a splatter the the paint splatter the pink yeah i like that I was, one too i was also a fan of that one um, but yeah, definitely both Yokozuna's gear and Bret Hart, just classic. Like, uh, didn't they? Did, isn't this like, um, like the Sim? How like the Simpsons draws him? Like if like they like the, the, I, I think this is the ring attire that the Simpsons, the Simpsons put him drew in. Him on. I don't know. You might be right. Yeah. So as far as this match goes, Bret comes out of the gate with a flurry of off, uh, of offense. Of course, he's drop kicking Yoko into the corner. He's peppering him with fist. Um, shortly after that, though, Yoko does toss the Hitman outside of the ring to kind of get some space from, from Hitman's offense. Um, but this ends up kind of backfiring on Yokozuna because Bret Hart uses the ropes to tie up Yoko's legs and probably get him off of his feet really early in the match compared to anything you've really seen from Yoko in the past. It Usually, usually Yoko's matches were set up like to to be like okay we can't get this guy off the, off his feet like the matches yeah. he had with savage or the matches he had with hogan would have you know yoko on his feet the whole time and he'd have to get hit with like everything before he fell off and i yeah. thought it was really cool the kind of story that they told there of how fast brett used his kind of smarts to get his, he was like a giant slayer right exactly to get him off of his feet uh so after he does this, he comes back in the ring and he's he's working really well offensively uh, until he catches one of those Yoko Lariat. Kyle, go ahead. You were mentioning. Oh, I was just going to say, like, Brett's offense in this is so good. It's very classic Brett, but it's all just crisp. And like for the first five minutes, Yoko is he's not winded. He's not gassed yet. Mm-hmm. But boys. That gas tank can very deep. No, it's not. Not it's a big for, guy, but not I, for uh, I think he's he did a good job for a guy his size to keep up with Brett. Yeah, oh, oh, Jesus! I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Like, that. I mean, I, I thought for the first five minutes was really solid. Then we got into like the Magnum Claw work rest rest holds. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's this is what you know Yoko would do to slow down the the pace. Yeah, he slows the the match down and then. You know, it, it's it's fine, but I I, I feel like uh, you know, and then you get the Brett's like comeback spot with the 
the the the the the turnbuckle spot right exactly so yeah he basically uh pulls the the padding off of one of the ring posts when yoko's coming to pull him out of the corner and this allows you know brett uh to slam yoko right into that post like you're saying and knock him right down and put him in the sharpshooter right yeah Mm -hmm. well wasn't that one of the things they were talking about too is like would brett be able to do it because his legs are so fat Right. Yeah. That was kind of the question going in is, is he going to be able to get the shooter on him? And he does, but he has to do it differently, which was kind of cool to watch as well. Yeah. Where he, he lifts his knee. Yep. He doesn't ever have Yoko on his back. Uh, Yoko is on his front already from the bulldog mm-hmm. that, that Brett applied. Uh, but this sharpshooter that he actually throws on Yoko ends up being his downfall, right? Because this allows master Fuji to throw salt into the eyes of the hitman while the ref is not looking again, Horrible refs at WrestleMania nine. Yoko Yoko pins my dude, Brett, for the WWF title. Uh, And it was not like a half a breath until you see a yellow streak hit the fucking ring. (laughs) I'm dogging and grandstanding. Exactly. Uh, Fuji, uh, like a moron, immediately challenges Hulk Hogan to a match after after Yokozuna has just had a match with Bret Hart. That was that made no sense at all. Like, what would the in what world would one the audience want to see that? Two, <laughs> like Yoko should have been like, no, motherfucker. I'm yeah, Yoko guess. should have been like, no, nah, this is my title. Yeah, exactly. Let me at least like have a little bit of fun, right? Sure. I need so, to go to like go to a buffet or something. Exactly. <laughs> I get to replenish my fuel tank. So um, a little bit later, you see like Hogan and Brett outside. And you see, like, Hogue, like Brett, he's still got his eyeballs covered. And I like to think that Brett is pointing at the dressing room and be like, get the fuck out of here, Hogan. Go back to the dressing room. <laughs> but the story is, is that he's telling Hogan, yeah, go for it. Let's get Yokozuna back because we're all on the same team, which is just totally lame. And, you know, the Brett Hart yeah. hates Hogan. But uh, Hogan goes into the ring. Uh, Hated this. Yoko holds Hogan as Mr. Fuji goes to, to season Hogan with some salt. Uh, he accidentally uh, seasons Yokozuna instead. Uh, and, and of course, three or four seconds later, we've got Hogan covering Yoko and standing to end the show. Um, Jesus Christ, guys, how did you feel about That's this? So bad. How did you feel about this as, as a kid? And how do you feel about it now? As well, a kid, the match, loved the match it. itself with, um, with Bret Hart and Yokozuna, that was a fun little uh you know, big guy versus the uh, David versus Goliath match. I thought they told a good story, but the uh, ending of the match kind of just ruined it for me, even though I knew it was coming. This yeah. this pay-per-view is legitimately like mostly good matches with all terrible endings. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very, very, very bad endings to most of these matches. And I mean, like most of the matches are like, I would say like B- C plus matches, which for this generation of WWE is, is good, like right? Pretty good, yeah. right? Um, I know at least for the main event, I was a Brett fan at this time. I used to be a Hogan fan at this time, at that time, you know, but I was not happy Brett lost. I can't remember how I felt about Hogan winning. I might have been happy Hogan won instead of Yoko, but I was still sad that Brett lost. Um, I was kind of surprised to see how much the crowd was still into 90s Hogan at this point. 
mm-hmm. they still seem to be legitimately like yay hogan's back you know well right. i think i think that this is i mean the right crowd right i mean like you're not Caesar's pay Palace. for wrestlemania right. Right. tickets if you're not you're not somewhat of a hulk mark like i mean like no offense but like as a hulk mark at that time like you're going to see hogan you're not going to like i mean like maybe there were like a tenth or a third maybe even of their people to see brett and stuff like that but like the the varnish you know the 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 has not worn off yet you know the the, all the way you know everybody is still you know he's still pretty shiny as, as far as people i think yeah i mean very interesting though man i guess i just what a sad ending to a mania but uh yeah. you know i i will say still kind of like we were talking about earlier i know song you don't have a very high opinion of the show and we'll let you kind of sum it up here in a second um i thought i would be way more like your feeling about it mm-hmm. but it still was super fun to watch for me and still super nostalgic the match quality wasn't the highlight, like you were saying, Kyle, but it no. was serviceable. Uh, it was the campiness of it that did it for me, I think, and, and, and kind of things like not realizing it was Jim Ross's first time was kind of like, oh, yeah, shit, that's awesome. You know, so watching it again for those reasons was still fun for me, even though it probably in a bubble wasn't a – it's not the greatest of manias, but in a bubble – in my nostalgia bubble, it was a pretty good show. I'll say that. I mean, I was genuinely surprised at the the match quality that I found with this show. It was better than I remembered being the last time I watched it, which was, I think, to like make fun of it and talk shit on it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a in a mood of like of like this is good and nostalgic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're like for '90s wrestling. Some of those were good matches. Mm-hmm. Mine was you know, Steiner. I think Steiner's versus Headstrinkers was my match of the night. Oh, absolutely, that was great. I really enjoyed us. Besides the ending, <laughs> the the majority of the Brett Yoko match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I thought that. Lex versus Mr. Perfect wasn't terrible until the ending. Mm-hmm. I thought that Tatanka and Sean, surprisingly mm-hmm. good match. Mm-hmm. I, like, if it weren't for the endings, this would be like, for me, upper show. Good, good nostalgia. Great, great set. Uh, just a bunch of really good stuff. Yeah, I really thought it was, aside from every match's ending, which is like a good mm, like two-thirds 40% of, of, yeah, 40% of Match quality depends on the ending. So if the ending's bad, then you know if an ending is zero, then that doesn't you know it makes it just a possible sixty percent match. And and in general, I would say that's kind of what all those matches suffered from was just bad booking endings. Right. Right. Well, like I told you guys, I had a tough time finishing this one. Um, it was a tough watch for me. Um, a lot of it just has to do with the overbooking that I brought up earlier all the uh, extra referees um just like endings that don't feel complete you know the uh i like i did like sean and tatanka match overall that was my favorite match of the night um the rest was just you know perfect is perfect he's always gonna put it on the show and to carry a dead weight like um 
Lex Luger to a decent match it was um, fun to see. I uh, I guess I would say that, of course, I mentioned earlier, Steiners versus Shrinkers is probably my match of the night. I just like the tag team psychology. And I liked how how some of the moves came off rough, like they didn't go perfect. I like it when oh, they yeah. the match. I'm a fan of that. Um, also, I think seeing Doink do his thing, I think he was super into it uh, on this particular night, just even like his facial expressions. And then incredibly enough, I would say that a highlight was Taker versus Gonzalez just for the spectacle and the car wreck that was that match it was actually funny to me. I enjoyed watching it. So thanks for your opinion, guys. Um, we're about to hop off for the night. I do want to leave you with a, a little funny question that we won't do like a Kyle's question since we've had such a long show. So I just want to throw something out there for you guys to just chew on or we do whatever with that, uh, that Pooley and I were actually talking about earlier and she, she brought up a very funny thing. And so I wanted to ask, she asked, which came first, the macho man or the Kool-Aid man? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You brought that up because yeah. I was watching while I was watching it. Abigail was on her VR headset and all she heard was, Oh yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, Kool-Aid commercial. Did she really say that? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, hilarious. she did. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder which one just came first. Let's see. Who was when do you think the Kool-Aid man was established? I mean, probably around the 70s when he That's came up with thinking. the character of Macho Man. Which came first, dude? Is this as classic as the chicken or the egg? Did did Randy Poffo talk like that? I don't know. Like when he's not in character as the you know I can't do the fucking macho man at all but like when he's in character as the macho man like is he is that how we like in that ter- in terms of like I heard you know what I'm macho. talking about like 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 hi I'm Kyle Talley versus like hey guys it's me Captain right, right. you know like like it's it's I've, I've heard that that uh that that macho a lot of time i mean if, if you like watch the dark side of the ring stuff i think they've spoken to it on there that he was kind of lived his gimmick is you know because well, like you listen to his brother talk because his brother is the the genius the, the, of glory and genius the genius and, lanny Poffo. And, and he talks like a normal person albeit like a crazy person but like like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I've never met a person who talks, you know, with that kind of recipe. Hey, Jack, what's going on there? Hey, partner. I, I don't know. But that also is like a carny thing. So maybe, you know. I don't even know where you get that from. It's like, when did he wake up and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start talking like this. Dig it. Very, very strange stuff. But but yeah, I actually am going to look this up and try to get the answer to this because now I'm curious. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, actually, I think it's got to be. Never mind. I think we just solved it. I, I, what is yeah. it? It's Kool Aid Man. Yeah, first appearance, nineteen fifty four. There you go. Yeah. Well, Kool-Aid. that's what we do here on Pen the Champ, man. We not only we answer, answer these kind of questions. We not only answer questions about wrestling, but we answer questions about life <laughs> and and things that you need. Well, to you know, know. That, that's kind of my background is pop culture. Drinking the Kool-Aid. So anyway, guys, I just wanted to leave you that funny little thought that we talked about earlier in the day. But appreciate you guys getting together with me and talking WrestleMania 9. And we appreciate our listeners for tuning in as well. 
uh, hopefully, oh man, I just remembered that, uh, that I think this is the first time that I've ever forgotten to say during the beginning of our show to go watch the episode. But, uh, but yeah, I'll just say it at the end of the show this time. Uh, if you haven't already seen Mania 9, uh, it, it goes really well with this podcast since that's what we're talking about. So, you know, go have a listen or have a watch if you haven't already and, uh, and let us know what your thoughts are. What were your favorite matches? What were your opinions of this Mania 9? Do you think it was the worst ever, like the internet generally says? Or do you <laughs> agree with me and think that it mostly good matches that ended badly? Exactly. It's been a fun time today talking about WrestleMania 9 with you guys. Peace. Nice. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at pinthechamppodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pinthechamp123. And our Google Voice number is 804-446-1139. We can't wait to hear from you.